hey trench mob and newbies jumping into the trenches for the first time it's ralph here newbies remember to subscribe rate and comment old heads tell a friend or two that they can find us on all podcast platforms like apple Podcasts and spotify socials to follow us ig at the trenches podcast facebook in the trenches with the Toulons and twitter at trenches podcast You are now jumping into the trenches with the Toulons, Thule and Ralph, where we pull back the curtain on what marriage and relationships are really about. So let's start the show. Hey everyone, it's Ralph. And this is Thule. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, and yes, I lost my voice. At Jiho. Gotta love Jiho. Actually, everyone is supposed to say the Jiho. I don't know why y'all say Jiho. Because it sounds cooler. Yeah, but it's wrong. <laughs> it's greatest homecoming on earth. It's the greatest homecoming on earth. Let's not get into all the technicalities. And I didn't okay? even go to the school. <laughs> anyway, y'all, we're back. And before we get into this episode, you know we have announcements. So, guys, don't forget about the special offer from Sharita, your money therapist. She has an exclusive deal to allow you to get a true financial strategy to help you win in 2020. Everyone needs that. I don't care where you are financially. You have until December the 13th for the opportunity to get a 30-minute virtual consultation with Sharita for $50.50. Then she's going to pick one person from the trench mob to receive a monthly complimentary coaching from January to March of 2020 if they book through this exclusive deal. So all you have to do is head over to her website and that's SharitaMHumphrey.com and book your 30 minute consultation today because it's time to get financially fit. Remember to use the code TRENCHMOB. Okay, guys? So you can go to her website and also the link is in our bio. And who doesn't want a chance to win 500 extra dollars? If you don't, then I just don't know what to say about you. Saver Life is giving you a chance to win $500 and all you have to do is save $500. Let's do the math for you. That would be $1,000. See? Easy addition. And you didn't have to wait for a tax refund. Look at God. So go ahead and head over to the link in our bio to get that money, Trench Mob. All right. So we got everything out of the way. And now let's talk about Jiho. The Jiho, per you. Yeah. Thank you. And, and the administrators of North Carolina A&T State University, because I saw the email and they call it the Jiho. <laughs> It's because they're being formal. So only the students are the ones who say it wrong. No, everybody says it. Wrong. Wrong. Unless they have to type it in an email. <laughs> then they type the G. When, when I text it, I put the G. But I just do it to be funny because I know no one else does it. Yeah, nobody cares about the at the beginning. We're educated. We understand. Yeah, whatever. Because if it was anything else, you ready to jump on. Excuse me. What is it called? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> All that shade. Because <laughs> it's true. And Okay. Okay. No, go ahead. Well, look, guys, I had a great time, as you can tell, because my voice is gone. Completely gone. Not completely gone, because I can hear you. It hurts. A lot. Pause. Um, but I had a great time. It was really good to see everybody. Going back to Greensboro always feels like home. Um, especially when you get to see all your friends, line brothers, et cetera. Shoot, I got to see Dr. Rashid, who was the dean of students when we were in school. When I tell you she's arguably one of the greatest people that I got to meet and get to know on campus, even though everybody had 
specific things to say about her back in the day. But when you're young, you don't understand. But when you grow up, you're like, I get it. She's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, it was a good time. Like I said, it's always a good time. Um, but I always love your perspective, babe, because you didn't go there. I sure did not. So what did you think? <laughs> um, I really don't ever have anything much to say uh, about the Jiho. Um, I had fun. I always have fun. I get to see my friends. Um, and I get to meet new people and try to remember their name and faces for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> And then this year was a little different because <laughs> yeah, we we decided to do some extra shit. And no, you decide. <laughs> okay, I but decided, I, and she agreed. Yeah, I didn't have a choice because you already signed us up. Um, well, we should have probably just did the photo booth. Well, we probably should have just did nothing. Or that. Yeah. Or maybe next year we'll just decide to put the photo booth <laughs> at an event rather than dragging shit all the way across campus. Yes. Um, but either way, it turned out. It great. turned out well for the the. Impromptu um, decision to to do this and the last minute, uh, I guess not thrown together, but the le- the last minute planning we we worked it out. You know, we met a lot of people, um, a lot of people came out to support us, and that was great. Gave away all the swag bags. Um, a lot of people took pictures that you have not seen yet because <laughs> one thing we did not account for was the internet and that was really the only thing we did not have on our side um the weather turned out to be great because initially it was supposed to be raining and cold and then it turned out to be hot and everybody (laughs) had on sweatshirts sweatshirts we were all like so hot jesus (laughs) (laughs) what were we thinking um but it it turned out well i had a good time um introduced the podcast to you know people who didn't know about the podcast um i tried to really talk to people who were in our like age range. So I got some of the younger crowd and then I got some of the like 40, 50 people. Cause we do also have people in that age range who listen to the podcast. And then of course, you know, the twenties and the thirties. Youngins. Yeah. Oh, I'm young. Yes. <laughs> but other than that, um, yeah, we gave out the products and, um, we actually have two watches that we will be giving away this week as well. So, just stay tuned for that. Yeah, shout out to all the contributors who um, helped us. That's Palmer's, uh, Good Wipes, and Spring Break Watches. Um, yeah, it was a tiring time. <laughs> Imagine pulling a wagon almost a mile with a bunch of shit in it twice. I think it was more, that was more than a mile. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Huh? My body's paying for it now. Yay. So... Going forward, photo booth at events where I can just drive up to the front <laughs> and drop it off. Uh, but shout out to everybody who came out and supported who was at GHO. I hope everybody had a great time because um, we definitely did. Yeah, I did. I actually did. All right. So speaking of GHO, we have some fellow Aggies on this next episode. Yes, and we're talking about money. That money. Again. <laughs> Cha-ching. Yeah. Um, I've known one of them for a very long time, since 2001. And I've always been, um, I admired him for a while, and then I kind of got envious 
And then I admired him again. <laughs> I admired him because at the age of 20, this man started his own business. and oh, was yeah. just cooking. Oh, yeah. Then I got envious because I wasn't cooking and he was cooking. <laughs> but then I realized that it wasn't really envy. It was more like, hey, this is motivation to show that, you know. Yeah, there you go. The proper tools you can be, you know, you all can be great. And, you know, I'm super proud of him for what he's been able to accomplish thus far. And uh, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to have him and his partner on the show. So let's introduce our guest for the show this evening. Okay, well, I have Malcolm. He's the business partner. So Malcolm Etheridge is a member of Freeman's Capital Advisors Leadership Committee. Also, Malcolm is both co-host and executive producer of Manage Your Damn Money podcast, a show designed to help make casual conversation about personal finance the rule and no longer the exception among millennials and other young people. Malcolm and his co-hosts tackle topics as complex as credit scoring and paying off student debt, all while mixing in references to pop culture and current events to keep things entertaining. And I have my wonderful friend, Mr. Calvin F. Williams, Jr. Calvin is the first black owner of an SEC registered automated wealth management company. Let me say that one more time for you all so you can understand. The first black owner of an SEC registered automated wealth management company. Okay, I just want to make sure y'all understood. And as the CEO and the founder of Freeman Capital, he aims to empower average Americans with the tools to become wealthy. And, you know, since a young age, Calvin has always had that entrepreneurial spirit. He started his first business cutting grass. He did a lawn care service. And when we were freshmen at North Carolina A&T, he started designing web applications. And after we graduated, he started XMG Web Designs. And he basically built web applications for numerous organizations over nine years. So this dude was like ahead of the game. And um, during that time, he also was named the, the youngest 40 leaders under 40 by Greensboro Business Journal, as well as the Bryan School of Business at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Calvin was a member of the city of Greensboro's planning board and Joseph House. He's also a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, which I guess they OK. <laughs> Before we get into the episode, of course, you know, we have to talk to Sharita. So for the love of money. Hey, Trench Mob, Sharita here with your weekly For the Love of Money tip. Today's tip, payday loans. How to avoid the all-too-common payday loan trap. Many people turn to payday loans when they experience an immediate financial challenge or hardship. If you can avoid a payday loan, Trench Mob, it's highly recommended. Talk to your creditors or lenders and explain your situation to see if they have solutions that can help you until you're able to get back on your feet. Many lenders will work out a payment plan. Pause your payments. Although this can incur additional fees or interest or allow you to make smaller payments over time. Yes, your creditors are in business trench mob to make money, but they would rather work with you to ensure that they don't experience a financial loss or lose you as a customer. We talked about the effectiveness of communication in a previous episode. So speak up and ask for assistance. Track all of your expenses, because many times we don't see those spending weeks in our budget until it's too late. Identifying what you're spending your money on each month, Trench Bob, can help you fix the leaks in your budget and put that money back into your household finances. Those Starbucks coffees, yes, we all love them. Eating out consistently or even mindless shopping tend to be three categories where we spend money without thinking much about it. If you don't have a budget in place, now is the time, Trench Mob, for you guys to become budget bosses. If your credit is at a point where you can get a personal loan, this may be a better option than taking out a payday loan. Many personal loans have lower interest rates and better terms than your average payday loan. Of course, getting approved for a personal loan will have some requirements, 
but you can check out nerdwallet.com or even your banking institution's website to get more information on personal loans. One suggestion is to only borrow what you need, so you won't have so much to pay back if you're approved for a personal loan. Asking friends and family can be another option to consider, but be sure that you're in a position to pay back what you borrowed. You don't want to damage a relationship because you couldn't pay back the money as agreed. Lastly, if you do decide to take out a payday loan because you have no other tangible options, be sure to shop around Trench Mob, ask questions, and please, by all means, read the terms and conditions and pay the loan off as quickly as possible. If you haven't seen the Netflix documentary, Dirty Money, the story of Scott Tucker, I would suggest you watch that before even considering taking out a payday loan. I think that alone will make you change your mind. Questions on this week's tip? Feel free to reach out to me at Sharita MH on IG. Until next week, as my son Kyle likes to say, pray about it, do the work, then get the money. Now here's the show. All right. So we have Malcolm and Calvin here, and we're just going to jump right on into this. So guys, uh, why did y'all start this company? Yeah, so I'm just really excited to be here. Just in one, thank you for having us. But um, Freeman Capital was founded from personal experience. Out of college, I had started my own company. I thought that I was doing well. And I bought my first house at at, uh, at 20. And then I was running my own firm and I had a small exit uh, as a web development firm. And my partner kind of bought me out. So I thought I had made some type of money, right? You know, I, I was in magazines and books and things. I was like, you know what? I am successful. I want someone to help me take my success to the next level. Uh, so I go and I call up, uh, you know, a wealth manager because I want to be wealthy one day, you know. And so I'm like, hey, I want you to help me out. He's like, well, how much money do you have? Because my minimum starts at two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And at that moment, I realized that there are levels to this. Right. Because in his eyes, I was still <laughs> broke. And that bothered me, though. Right. Because although I wasn't at that level, I was you know, young and I was on this trajectory and I wanted someone to help me out. And so really, I found out that this problem impacts more than just me. You know, most of the U.S. population cannot afford someone to help them grow and stay on track to building their wealth. And so when you look at the wealth gaps, be it, you know, from women or from you know, black people, it comes down to three things, a lack of access, a lack of tools and a lack of education. And those are the three things that a Freeman Capital is looking to solve because we provide financial planners to help you, you know, build a plan, be it with saving, investing, paying off debt or what have you. And then we help out with your investments. Like you can start investing if you only have $1. And then because we have begun to learn and the platform has, now we give you education as well. And you get all three of these pillars at starting at less than a dollar a day with our monthly plan. So that's kind of what we're doing here. So this is a, uh Excuse my language. This is big shit, uh, specifically <laughs> for the black community. Yeah, because we all know that that's where we struggle is building that wealth. Um, I think this generation is going to turn that tide. That's a lot of people that are, I guess we would say woke. I think that's the word that everybody uses today. But I think it's more than being woke. I think it's more being self-aware of where we stand as a society or as a, a culture and uh, how we're trying to get to that next level. So. Since we all know what, what we talk about in this podcast, let's talk about how you have implemented finances within your marriage. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Malcolm since he hasn't spoken yet. <laughs> so, um, so as we, as we, as we discussed in, in prep for the show, you guys know, I am actually a newlywed myself, um, got married back in April. Um, and so that I'm glad to have that, that box checked because that was definitely <laughs> a, uh, a stressful time. Uh, dollars going out and nothing yeah. coming in, <laughs> the wedding planning and the costs and everything else. But 
So for me, um, it was important, actually, uh, and I know my wife won't mind me saying this because I've said this publicly a million times, but one of the really important aspects or most attractive aspects to me of marriage in general was the fact that like, it's so much easier to build wealth as two than it is as one. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, I think, missed that step. So, you know, we, we discussed it at the top of the show, but in addition to being on uh, Freeman's board, um, I'm also a certified financial planner. So I work with a number of couples who you'd be surprised how little they actually talked about money before they got married. Um, and so that's something that it's really important to me not to repeat that in my own marriage. And so my wife and I have conversation all the time where it's, it's very frank and open, partly because I'm just, you know, a, a pretty cut and dry to the point kind of person, but also because like, it's just important to us to not have that be the thing that trips us up since 85 or so percent of marriages that end in divorce have some sort of financial component to them. It's important to us to make sure that that's not the thing that trips us up. Well, my question is, did y'all have the conversation, either one of y'all, did y'all have the conversation before getting married or is it more so now that you're married? No, we, we, so we had, our conversation has evolved, I guess I would say. So when we first, first met, I think actually our very first date, we sat and talked for, for a really long time, like four or five hours. And one of the things that I talked to her about was my vision for where I was going and how long I knew it was going to take me to get there. And I literally just became a partner in a private practice back in May. So I mentioned to you, we got married in April and then I joined the firm and, and you know, in, in essence, became a, a business owner in May. But in the five and five and a half years leading up to now, we had already been talking about it. So all of the steps along the way, I kind of told her, like, this is what it's going to take. This is the amount of time it's going to take. This is the amount of money that I expected to take to get there. And here are the reasons that I'm doing it. And so along the way, we've kind of been very honest and open about like what we're sacrificing, where she got, you know, a little uncomfortable with how long it was taking in some cases, things like that. We've been pretty, pretty straight with each other about. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm, you're like a one percenter because nobody does that. Yeah, that's uh, not my story. I wish it was. Though. We'll get into was. our conversation. Oh, I, yeah. I agree with you. But Calvin, how long have you been there? Uh, it's been seven years now. You almost got me in trouble there for a second. Oh, yeah. I didn't, my bad. I didn't want to wild you out like that. At least you do bath very well. So uh, And I literally just did in my head. So. <laughs> so obviously, this has always probably been a conversation within your marriage. Yeah, but, you know, when 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 I got married, and this is why I needed a wealth manager, because things got hard, and I feel on, like, super hard times, like, right before we got married, you know? And so it's funny that I always say, you know, I want someone who marries me for me and not for, like, anything else. But, like, the bad thing is that I found someone, I mean, not that's not bad, but, but the bad part was that I was in that situation where I had literally, like, nothing, you know? So, um, you know, uh, and so I knew that she loved me for me because there wasn't much more that I could offer. Like, she always tells this story. <laughs> Like on our second or third date, I was like, is it too early to start using coupons? I'm just wondering, you know, Uh, you know, know, times were hard, you know, Uh, but because for me, because I've always been an entrepreneur, which means that I'm taking risks, which I maybe, you know, should or should not take. Um, And, um, you know, for us, you know, we talked early on. So when we first got married, 
it was tough in terms of my side, you know, uh, credit was, was, was not that great. Um, and so I, so I just had to lay out like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not where I want to be now. Um, I had some successes. I hope to have more in the future, but just right, just right now, I felt like I had to be honest and just let her know, like, it's kind of jacked up over here. You know, I, I have a plan to get it straight, but just letting you know that it's kind of jacked up right now. You know, I, you know, uh, so, you know, for us, it's always been that uh, conversation. Now, as Malcolm said, getting married, you know, uh, aside from love, it definitely helps out from a, from, from a financial tip when you're on that same page. So, you know, thankfully, you know, we've always been like, not always, but, but uh, we've worked to be on the same page financially, use the joint bank account, stuff like that, which is a transition. But, um, you know, now we're better for it. So has money ever caused disagreements or arguments within your marriage? I would say that um, the lack of money can do that from time to time. You know? <laughs> when you have money, you really ain't talking about money. You know, just the lack of money. And then, you know, for me, you know, because, you know, I have left, you know, six figure jobs to start a business. Um, that is always an area of tension, you know, because there's a certain quality of life that you just get, you just got to get used to. Uh, and, and then when you take this leap, because, you know, for me, um, I feel like that I am blessed with being in a field that I can get other jobs if I need to. Right. But, but like the way that I see it is that, you know, just, just the whole nation has problems, but let's just talk black for a second. When you have the, the, the median income of, of black Americans is supposed to reach zero by the year 2053, right? And so it's like those who know better, you're supposed to, to do better, right? So I know this knowledge, I'm in this position from a tech, from you know this network. If, if you know, I don't try to solve this problem, you know, that's mad selfish of me. And I just take care of me and my family, right? So, you know, I was talking to her about it, like there was, you know, discussions about that part. And that's hard because, you know, her family, they don't know about, you know, they, they, they don't have entrepreneurs in their family. Like they're just regular people who, you know, do good work and keep a good job, you know? And so, you know, but for me, it's like, I want to try and solve this, 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 uh, this problem because if like our community is not good, then it doesn't matter if I'm good off of my own little like castle or whatever. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had to take this leap. So, you know, try and do good. And we, you know, we're on our way getting some wins and we're, and we're just trying to help more folk out. And then I'll just get it back on the back end, you know, as long as my kid can eat and he's taken care of and you know, my wife can, you know, buy most, some or most of what, what, what she wants. You know, I'm, 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 I'm comfortable. I have a, I want to go back to something you said for both of you. So when you said about the joint accounts, do you recommend or you don't recommend? Because I know a lot of married people have separate accounts. So that's super interesting because I, I don't. One of the things that I was thinking about in preparation for this, so I, I didn't, I didn't mention it at the top of this. So I actually have a podcast myself that I do. It's called Manage Your Damn Money, and our like third most popular episode ever of all time, even though that was like two years ago, is called Love and Money. Mm-hmm. And the conversation that got the most reaction in our Facebook group was about keeping accounts separately or putting them together. And so you asked the question about whether or not we uh, have had any arguments over money. And I can confidently say the answer is no. And the reason is because my wife and I have yours, mine and ours accounts. So she's got her separate accounts for the things that she wants to do, loves and cares about. I've got mine for the same. And then we've got joint accounts for our joint goals and our joint expenses, like paying the mortgage. We just took a vacation. We paid for that together. Our, our wedding, for example, we had, you know, 
pay for that together out of our joint account. So we're contributing the same amount to that account on mm-hmm. a on a monthly basis. But then if my wife decides tomorrow morning she wants to go buy a Range Rover, she's welcome to do that with the money that's in the the, the her, you know, her own her account. account. Yeah. Because I'm a person that I don't necessarily need to ever drive a Range Rover. Like I'm okay with dying and having never experienced that. Yeah. If that or, or she decides she wants a pair of, you know, $10,000 Louboutins or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like that offends my cheap guy sensibility. So <laughs> I, I, it's just not going to happen on my end. But I also wouldn't have anything to say if she decided to do it because I know that through our joint account, our expenses are taken care of. Uh, we've covered what we needed to cover. Our savings goals are satisfied. So if, if, the extra is you going and doing that, then by all means, like, you know, do your thing. So I think that helps to cut down on a lot of that uh, contention that you would have where you think that the other person is spending money they should be contributing to the household or maybe they're contributing money you feel is quote unquote your money. Mm -hmm. Um, That cuts down a lot of that in my opinion. So how would that work out if you only have one income? That's a whole different (laughs) (laughs) category. That's it. That is, that's, you know what? And and I think that's part of the, the tough conversation that I mentioned that has to be had mm-hmm. where some real conversation happens about what you consider to be a reasonable expense and what you don't, especially if you are the person who sees it as quote unquote, my money, right? If I'm the one who's leaving the house every day, going and putting up with this job that I may or may not even like contributing to the household. And, you know, you have the, the age old, when I leave the house, my spouse is kind of chilling on the couch watching TV or whatever it is that your perception of what they actually do all day. That against you having the the negative feelings of I'm the only one pulling my weight. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden the thing that they're asking or or deciding they're going to do is to go purchase a luxury good of some sort. That conversation needs to be had thoroughly way before the purchase is ever even made. Um, Because that's part of what I was talking about that 85% of folks that, that, marriage that ends in divorce, it's because of something financial. Those are the the cracks in the foundation financially that lead to that bigger thing later. Um, But I think the root of it is seeing that money as my money, right? If I'm the one who's actively employed and earning an income and say my spouse is in school, right? They're not even a stay at home parent or, you know, what have you. Having a conversation about how I see the money, right? Is it my money? Is it our money? Is it, you know, that kind of thing makes all the difference in the world. But that conversation has to be had uh, thoroughly and all the way through before you ever even put yourself in the position. Right. So what about you, Calvin? Yeah, I I just want to add one comment to that. So I grew up where I saw both of my parents like crushing it and not like, you know, my dad, he was crushing it earlier on. Then, you know, he uh, changed the heat. I think like the company shut down or something. So he didn't have a job for a while. And then my mom was, was uh, crushing it. And then my, and my dad got back. So I saw growing up and because in my family, we talked about money a lot. Like I knew what my parents' salary was when I was still a teenager. Like it was like, it was like open conversations. And so because of that transparency, I saw that, you know, money is just a tool that one person can bring in, but things can change at, at any moment. And so, you know, because of that, and, you know, it's, it's, it was always a R thing in that household. So I, I carry that into my marriage. Now, I'm not saying this as, a, as like a recommendation because the thing is that you got to find out, like what Malcolm said, what, what keeps y'all happy. But I just, you know, it was a challenge for us because 
we come from our money. And then, you know, you know, she's a strong, single, independent black woman. And, you know, and I and I, and I am coming in like joint, like this is all, this is all ours. So we start off where Malcolm was, where, you know, we had joints and then we had two separate accounts. Um, and then, you know, even when we had my son and then she stopped working for some time, went to school and then, you know, she, you know, lost her own business as well. Um, it, it just came down to a point just like, it's just, we're just paying extra fees to have an extra account. So we just consolidated er- everything down to one, which for us, I always view money as a, as, uh, as a point to have a conversation. So like we had a rule in our family where, you know, if we're spending more than whatever the number was, ours was a hundred bucks. Uh, we're we're going to at least have some type of conversation about it. And we started there in the very beginning, like when, when like we first got married. But I mean, then, then later on, we just got more comfortable. And now it's like not even a thing. Um, and you know, now it's just one pocket. And even though it could be me one month or one month, it's just, we have kind of reached a point of just having consensus on what we, on what we as a family find sensible. See, if, my, if my wife wants to go buy something that costs a hundred dollars, she's not, I'm not getting a phone call. Like that person. Well, I mean, it was early on when we first got married, when we were going through that. But I mean, cause we were just trying to have communication. Cause when we went through like our premarital, it was like, use money as a way to communicate to then understand what is behind the person's intent. It's not about controlling the money. It's about understanding what the person wants so that you know them better. And, and, and since we did that, it's only like eight, a couple of months, we have not had any real money arguments except, you know, just where does money going to come if things aren't tight. Gotcha. So I guess we can go into our wonderful story now. <laughs> uh, I'll let you go first, but where would you like me to start? Uh, just talk about how you were and how did you, you know, you were a hustler. Like you will have 27 jobs <laughs> to be able to do whatever you want to do. This. Okay. So it wasn't always like that. So I've said this before on this podcast. So I, I was born with a gold spoon in my mouth. And so diamond, but, <laughs> diamond spoon. but my grandmother was taught about money and taught about having businesses and then her and her sisters, they just kind of like carried on the wealth. And so my grandmother owned plenty of properties. We own a funeral home in Charleston. It's just, you know, plethora of things. And so when I grew up, it wasn't so much you can have whatever you want. It's like we have this money, but we are going to be cheap. <laughs> so I know I didn't I didn't really need or want for anything, but I just knew like you just don't spend it all. Like you just don't go crazy. So then my dad uh, actually spent it all (laughs) when my grandmother died. So uh, the only thing we do have left is the funeral home. So in the process of that happening, when I was 16, it was like I went from not really being told no to being told no, we can't, to the lights being turned off, to the water being turned off, to have to go to the neighbor's house to take a shower, So then I just learned that if I want something, it's not necessarily no. I just have to figure out how to do it on my own. So it's kind of like I had to teach myself. It's not a no, but just not right now. I had to wait. And so I just learned how to figure it out. Like I I don't like waiting on other people. And I don't, and I've seen with money coming from a wealthy family that people use money to control. And I didn't like that. So I never wanted somebody to have control over me. And then I also noticed at a young age that Money made people very mean and ugly. So it was like, I always just wanted enough to where I didn't have to check the account, but not too much to where I had to deal with those type of issues. 
So when I got old enough, it was just like, I always cared for myself. I always been independent. I never asked anybody for anything. I didn't want anybody like I never wanted booze and stuff to pay for myself because I wanted to have the control. I never wanted somebody to hold that over me. So coming into meeting this young man right here, (laughs) 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 um, he had a different outlook on money. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess I come from, I mean, it's very rare, but I guess you would say black privilege. Mm hmm. To a certain extent, my father's side is very, I guess, business driven to your basically like savvy. you, Calvin, business savvy. So my grandfather owned a data company in the late 70s um, and he sold all, he sold it off. And I think he went to work for a bank and then he opened up a food court in uh, JFK mm-hmm. and then he sold that off. It was like, wow, my grandmother owns still owns a travel agency. Um, so the entrepreneur entrepreneurial mindset has always been. On my father's side. Now, my mother's side has always been. Blue now, they, they work. They're blue collar, but mm-hmm. they were really good with money. Um, my grandmother, my mother's mother was really good with money. Um, arguably one of the best I've ever seen. And she never wanted or needed for anything, nor did anybody around her have to. She would take care of just about anybody. And that's a similar trend from my father as well. So growing up, like, I basically got whatever I wanted as long as I kept good grades and I was a good kid. So... That's good and bad. Good because I got what I wanted, but it didn't teach me responsibility when it came to money. So my sister, on the other hand, though, was really good with money, probably because she saw how much I used to spend <laughs> and was like, mm, I don't want to be broke like Jonathan. So <laughs> I'm just going to keep my money. So in high school, I never had a job. Um, it was good, good grades. And my father basically was like, I'll fund you whatever you need. And then I got to senior year and I actually got a job at Kmart. But then I, uh, I got the job and then the next Monday I was supposed to start, but then I got a girlfriend and decided that since my father's still giving me money, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) And I can still fund all the shit that I wanted to do. Um, he paid for my prom, all of that shit. Um, so when I got to college, not only did I have a meal plan, I had, I had the Aggie one money. So like I could go anywhere. Um, Calvin's familiar with that. Bad swipes. Right. Bad <laughs> swipes. Uh, so basically, not only did I have that car, but my father gave me a monthly stipend for anything else I needed. Now, remind you, I'm in school with an Aggie One card. All I need is food. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting like $400 a month to do whatever I want. And I've never been good with saving because I've always had it. Or if I didn't have it, I always knew how to go get it. And that was going to ask my father. But in college, the conversation changed very quickly and I wasn't prepared for it. And I kind of resented him for a little while because, I mean, I was buying shit every week, like an outfit, a fitted. Like you would go in my closet and it would be just 27 hats, shoes to match it, shirt to match it, four XTs. Like <laughs> I was in a Diddy video. Like I just bought a bunch of dumb shit. And. My sophomore year, he cut it in half and I was kind of pissed off. But then I was like, I'm good. I can still function. And then after sophomore year, he was like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're getting no more money. And I was like, wait, what the what do you mean? I'm not getting any more money. So that was a huge like reality check for me because I've been chilling, just getting good grades. But now I don't know what the hell to do because I'm like, I've never had a job. yo. What am I supposed to do? So not only did I get a job, but I got three jobs. Because I was like, look, I still got to be able to fund this lifestyle. So I got all this money over the summer 
But here's the problem. I don't know how to budget. I don't know how to save. So what happens in two months, man? You don't have any money. All my money's gone. And now I'm staying off campus. So I also have a card to pay for as well as rent. And lights. And and the (laughs) utilities and some gas and food. So I'm struggling like shit, to be honest. And I was like, you know what? Something got to change. I don't know what to do. I got to figure it out. So eventually I I just started to, to spend a little bit, save a little more, spend a little bit, save a little more. If I got a bunch of it, I would put it towards big bills like, okay, this will cover my rent for the rest of the semester or this will cover my car note. So I tried to manage it, but I was still like, oh, I'm so bad with this shit. So now let's transition into corporate America where I'm making, you know, I started at a help desk making $16 an hour, but I was at home living with my grandfather. So I didn't have any, any bills. So we back to the same shit, <laughs> spending more money cause I got it. And I know in two weeks I'm gonna get another check. But the problem is, is you're spending more than you're saving or allocating to bills. So you might forget a bill because auto pay wasn't, ex- didn't exist in 2006. So I'm like, okay, cool. I got this, this, and this. Oh shit. I forgot my car note due in a week. Snatch. And I just spent a hundred dollars of the car note. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know what to do. So it's a consistent trend for a very long time. Now we fast forward a couple years and I'm at 27 years old and now I'm making six it's figures. Famous. You just gave me a ton of money. And I still have no money management. <laughs> and now I'm making uh, way more than I even know what to do with. So we're just blowing it real fast. Mm-hmm. Let's go buy a section. Let's, you know, I'm tricking off like it's nobody's business. Yeah, girl, just fly in. It's on me. Um, and that was a consistent trend. And every time I'm looking up, I'm missing payments on shit. But I make six figures and I don't know why I'm missing these payments. And here we are again. No money management. And it goes on for a while. I go through a nasty divorce. Remember, I don't know how to manage money. Mm -hmm. And now I have to pay child support on top of it. So now I really have no money. Spousal support and child support. So I pay spousal support (laughs) briefly. And then I also pay child support. So I still want to live the lifestyle that I did. So now I'm scraping change together (laughs) so I can take trips. So I can go to Jiho and hang out with my friends because that's where happiness is for me, et cetera. Not realizing that you it's to okay to miss some shit and sit your ass down. Yeah. Uh, so now I meet this wonderful young lady here who is very different in the grind. And at this point in my career, I'm still, you know, I'm doing pretty well. But she's like, dude, you could do so much more if you just get your shit together. So still was tricky with money. We still had, we're, we're dating, so we don't have a joint account. We have separate accounts. But it's still times where I'm struggling to, to do shit because still, I'm still paying for child support and I still really suck at managing the money. So we started to have a conversation about a wedding and I was like, all right, I got to get my shit together. So we ended up getting a joint account. We basically, we funded our whole wedding. Um, that hurt a lot. I understand your pain, <laughs> Malcolm. That hurt a whole lot. So, but now I am no longer in control of the finances. I gave it all the control to Ralph. And we shut down our joint account or our, 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 our personal accounts and we have one account. I don't even know the login to the bank account. Like oh, we go over the budget. You're super old school for that. I know, dog. <laughs> but look, here's he the thing. That, until until I can understand it. what it means to manage money, I had to give it to her because in my point in my career right now, I make way more money than I can even think to know how to control. 
And it, I'm in a point in my career where it allowed her to be able to stay at home and focus on all the businesses that we're building along now with uh, homeschooling our son. So I was like, all right, I'll play my role. I'll make sure I hold it down in corporate America for now. Continue to build this well, build the, the checkup, but letting her control the money. I looked in the bank account the other day and was like, oh shit, I, we got money. I'm, I'm not used to that because I was so used to just check come in. All right, I'm going to spend all of this. I'm going to be good. I'll make sure I save enough to eat for gas. Cool, because another check coming in. But now when a check comes in, she has it separated to go to money manage, money market account, to a savings account, to Matisse or to the kids account, to vacations. You know, it's separated equally. And on top of that, I'm still paying child support for my daughter. Uh, so she's figured out how to manage all of the money and still be able to live a certain lifestyle. Like we fund all of the businesses. We make money off of some of them. Right. But at the moment, it's not like booming where we're bringing in all this passive income and mm -hmm. we can just start supplementing it for a lot of the stuff that we're doing for building the podcast network, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But she's figured out how much we can budget towards building this business. Cause as uh, Fred Witt said, it costs, you got to spend money to make money. Um, anybody that started the business understands that. Unless you're trying to get capital like you, sir. Uh, until we get to that point, you know, this is, it is what it is. So it is quite the transition for me. Like I, we were joking earlier. I was like, yo, the last time I bought shoes was last homecoming. Mm -hmm. I used to buy a pair of shoes like once a month. Let me tell you, let me, let me just real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the shade. Let me tell you. Now, mind you, this is when we already had the joint account. This man will buy shoes, hide them in his car. Like, I can't see the account. And come in the house, it's like, do, 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 do. It's like revol role reversal, right? Because normally the women do that. You like that TV housewife. <laughs> like, I am. Dog. Look, I'm so honest. Like, that is so true. I am a spender. But in the last year and a half, I am no longer that guy. <laughs> so um, it is quite the transition for me. Like it used to be a super struggle. Like yeah. I would get that itch if I didn't buy something. Now it's like, I don't want to buy shit because we're trying to build wealth. Um, so is the answer more to use tools that help you spend less or to use tools that help you track your spending? Like, so it puts it right there out in the open in your face and tells you what you're doing and, and, you know, kind of gives you a report to yourself or is it having a spouse at home who's actually clocking you and, and keeps you accountable? Like what's, what's the answer to keep us from continuing to, to do it that way? I think it's, all the above. Cause like for him, it's the, well, for me, it's the latter, right? So I'm in technology. I don't give a shit about an app. I'll close the app. I'll be like, look, I don't care how much you're lying to me. I didn't spend that much money, whatever. Uh, but this app talks back. Well, no, 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 but I think his, like, like he was saying before, I think most of his issues, he forgets. And so it's like, okay, I got $5,000 over here. I've already paid this, this, and this. He forgets, oh, I didn't pay this, this, this. And so he goes and blows it. And then when it comes to the account and it's overdraft, he's like, oh, I forgot. So like he said, he can have an app that tells him all the bills, but he's like, boom, I got it. Mm, don't need it. I know it. And then it's just like, no, I don't. Yeah, and, you know, that right there. I mean, this this whole thing, like John, because I like study the stats like you are not alone, like like most of black America is just like the old you, you know, and and, and also apps are only so good. And then and this is coming from 
from someone who, who works in comp sci, who freaking is launching a tech platform, right? You can dismiss a, you know, a, a notification in a minute mm-hmm. and just go on about your life, right? But see, that's why for us, it was so critical to pair it with a human planner, right? Because everyone doesn't have a route to be like, yo, get your together, you know? Okay. And so that is like the most exciting part about what I think we're trying to bring to the table, right? Is that, you know, our customers, they talk to someone, everyone like, I just know of someone who just had a phone call where they're like, I'm trying to, to save, I can't figure out how to do it. And then the planner was like, well, you're spending a thousand dollars in Uber every month. Take the bus. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Take the bus, ride the metro, you'll be like $900 richer, you know? And so like that type of conversation, we all don't have a route to have. That is like why I'm so excited to bring this to the masses because that's what our planners are doing. Like, you know, when you're on there, like we will have rough conversations We'll be respectful, but like, hey, if this is your goal and you got no way to get there, like you, you got to have a Ralph or, you know, a planner or a partner, like just to hold you accountable month in and month out or else you're going to slip right back and just, just, just like, I'm going to give y'all, I already gave like the black wealth stat, but, but here's another one. Those who have a financial planner have 2.5 times the wealth of those who do not. Mm. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says that. Um, Word. Yeah. And bring it to Jiho. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, it literally, like, apps are great, and I freaking love them, and I use them all of the time, but for something as personal as finance, you still can benefit from just having someone pull you to the carpet, and I'm happy to hear that it worked for you, John, and, you know, Ralph, kudos to you. I mean, when I see you at Jiho, you know, I'm going to eat pound, <laughs> but uh, for, like, everyone else, because Ralph is not stealable, um, <laughs> you got to get some help. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm so hard-headed, man, and I'm super stubborn. And if I was smart about it and I got a financial planner, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, man. I'd be a millionaire already. I would have been a millionaire. But you wouldn't have, though. Statistically, what I have learned, I mean, in the time that I've been doing this, but what I've learned recently is single men of all shapes, sizes, colors, backgrounds, whatever, are the least likely class or group of people to Mm -hmm. hire a financial advisor. So single women, ironically, are the first most likely to hire a financial advisor than married couples. Then way, way down at the bottom of the stat sheet is single men. Wow. Because for whatever reason, we as single men, like we're super confident, got it figured out. We don't need anybody to tell us anything. And so the last thing we're going to spend money on or hire somebody to, to, to do is to tell us how to spend money and manage our finances. But for whatever reason, single women, the first thing they do when they start making a few dollars is find, hire somebody to help them figure out how to start managing that money. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting how that math works out. It does. I was just saying, hypothetically, if I got a financial advice, <laughs> I would be in a lot better shape. But I mean, it's not like we're in a terrible space because like I said, no, he, he's just I've saying, always done well. But to your point, yes. If I don't have a financial advisor, yeah, I'm I'm the same guy in a different <laughs> format. That or Ralph. So right. either right. you're gonna one or the other. Right. But I do like that because I think that is the missing piece is to have that actual voice accountability partner. Yeah. I because agree. like the the apps is not really making you accountable. Because you can you can shut it off. Okay, I don't have to see it. But when you have someone to actually like account to, okay, so I got, oh God, I gotta call them. I gotta yeah. have this call. <laughs> I literally have to call her anytime. Like, and I do it. I'm mindful. It's, it's not like I do have to call her, but I always say, "Hey, can I buy this? Is it you know?" She's like, she'll ask me, "Is it a one or is it a need?" And I'm like, "Damn it, 
So you know? I just got to jump in because y'all looked at me crazy when I talked about my $100 uh, thing. It's the same principle, y'all. Oh, absolutely. I, I didn't look at you crazy. I get it. <laughs> no, that I mean, we're talking a video. That was Malcolm. Yeah, Malcolm was like, y'all. I'm just saying, no, that's it's not me. about the money. It's about the like, conversation. Just Malcolm. don't have me out here at GO looking, <laughs> look, looking crazy. Well, not even thinking that, you know. But I, don't know what I was saying, like, $100 is nothing, or, or, or I, I want to spend it just because I know my wife, right? Like, at the point my wife and I got married, we were both already in our 30s. We were both already successful in, in our own right super independent people who came together to form this union. And there's that piece that's like, I earned it, right? If I want it, I'm going to go get it. And so there's that piece of it. That's like, if I want to spend $200 on whatever the thing is, and I'm going to spend that money on it, uh, you know, today, cause I want it today. I'm not going to have a conversation with my husband about whether or not I can spend this $200 I earn. I work too hard to have that kind of thing be a thing, right? And so that's what, kind of what I meant. Like my wife's not calling me to say, hey, I found these shoes that I want to buy and they're $100 and I know our limit is $100. What do you think? She's going to come home, put those shoes on and say, I hope you like them because they're staying. <laughs> that's fair. I like your wife. <laughs> she sounds like my wife. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. You want to do what? Come buy something to make it stain. What would you just say? I got these shoes and keep walking? If I knew there was a budget or whatever, especially now, I wouldn't just be like, you know, but I'm the cheap one. So, yeah, but I feel like that's, spend- that's kind of that's where my confidence comes from, because my my fine is like, oh, my God, these are $20. Yours is like $200. Yes. And I'm like, no. Chill, y'all. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> but I feel like. Me being more mindful makes it look like you spend more money than me. But then I look at it, and I'm like, she not spending shit. No. And you know, she's she's coupon to the, I mean, like, anything she can find a coupon for, we using it. Like, I'm balling out at Dollar Tree. <laughs> I want to get there one day. That's, like, my goal, to be able to use coupons. But, like, it's frustrating for me because you got to cut them out. You yeah. got to take them to the or store. And, like, yeah. and then, like, you're that guy at the grocery store with, like, the binder. <laughs> yes. Like, like I, I, I really want to save the money, but I also don't want to. You don't want to be that homework assignments or grocery store. Yo, it's crazy. So I'll give you a, a funny story, right? I don't want to go off topic, but this shit is great. Uh, so my cousin is like the I is. call her Queen Coupon. She is though. Like she finds all the coupons. We went to the grocery store. <laughs> I watched the grocery store give her money back. Yeah. She bought mad groceries and got paid. I, I said, heard of how that. does that happen? I've heard She's of like, that. yeah, you need all these coupons. I was like, yo, that's a full-time job. But they're limiting like, that now. Yeah, but check it out. I just got $25 for $100 worth of groceries. Mm-hmm. Holler at me when you want to learn. I'm like, yo, <laughs> that's crazy. The thing you have to consider, though, is the amount of time it takes Still to do that yeah. much preparation. Right. Mm-hmm. So where we just talked about these six-figure incomes that are that are like paying you well to do the thing you're good at, what I'm not good at is clipping coupons. Right. So how many hours of preparation am I going to spend to clip those coupons to save $125 when my hourly rate is well above $125? Exactly. So at that point, I look at her and I go, I think I still won. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair if you look at it from that perspective. But uh, I mean, it was just, it's just a crazy, it's crazy to see it, right? Because somebody didn't invest that much to be able to save, you know, $125 to your point. Um, I think it goes a long way depending on what you do. As a, so, or your situation. Yeah. Something I'm curious about in talking to y'all because I found in the time that I've been doing this, because I'm like super, super 
curious about money. And so I'm very fortunate that I landed in the place that I did. And because you guys podcast, you are constantly having not necessarily always uncomfortable, but some of those uncomfortable conversations about money. What I find is that like people would much rather talk to a stranger, a therapist, sit down on the couch and talk to a therapist for couples counseling about everything all the way up to their sex life more than they would rather sit down and talk to somebody about their money. And the question that I have for you guys kind of on that end of it is sort of what you have seen. And if that tracks true for you guys as well. My my perspective is. For black people is no on both sides. No, I'm not going to sit down and talk to the therapist because I don't need help. And no, I don't need to talk to somebody about my money because they can't help me. Yep. It's a it's a terrible trend to have in the black community. We suck at building together. You know, I've been having this conversation with a few of my frat brothers who are all doing very well. And I'm like, yo, if we do this together, we'll maximize how much money we can make. And it's like a light bulb goes off in everybody's head. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. But the problem is, is that's not a known, that's not a uh, consistent conversation across Mm -mm. who we are as black people. Um, So when it comes to couples, the same trend is no different. Um, And to Ralph's point, specifically black couples. Um, if they have issues, they don't want anybody to know. I think a lot of people fear judgment and being embarrassed for the issues that they have. But what they don't know is when you talk about it, it is super therapeutic. It's the hardest part is being vulnerable, specifically as a man and a black man. But the minute that you can do that, you feel free. Like all that weight is taken off your shoulders. And now other people that still fear it can listen to you and maybe you can help guide them through your learnings. And I think the same thing goes from a couple's perspective is, this is why we do it, right? We want you to understand that we all have the same problems. We all go through the same shit. And it's okay. It's okay. to. Ex- the problem is, is can you accept that? So that's all. That's- well, that too. And then I also, we have a bad habit of giving ourselves excuses. Touche. Well, then how much are they really going to help me? Because they're not going to tell me the same thing they tell white people. Mm. So we just, we tell each other, we tell ourselves things to back out of it. Yeah, we make like, up our own stories. Yeah, yeah. just to just be like, no, nah, I don't need to do it. What were you going to say, Malcolm? Sorry. Well, I was going to say, I think, I think also part of it is that like to Calvin's point about when you have that, not necessarily everybody needs to have that rock bottom moment, but when you have that really difficult conversation where you say to your, your, your significant other, look, I am broke. Okay. Like this is what I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with right now in this moment it becomes a lot easier to talk about everything leading up to that from that point on. Like when you have that first conversation where you strip it all away and you just put it out there on the table and say, look, this is where I'm coming at it from. It becomes so much easier for the rest of the time you, you are dealing with that person to then talk about that same situation. So money, for example, it becomes that much easier to talk about money from that point on. Once you finally have that coming to Jesus moment where you're like, look, this is what it is. And you realize like that person's not going to leave me, even though I'm telling them like, mm-hmm. this is what I got. You know what I mean? And and just to piggyback on that point, man, like, like to me, money is a great way to like get to, to get transparent views into someone's true character. Right. Like back to what Ralph said about how folk who have money, you know, they were bad because of money. Right. The, the way that I look at that is that 
they were always bad people, yeah. but just money enabled them to mm-hmm. demonstrate that at an even higher clip. Like, mm-hmm. I hope that, you know, as I continue to move up in life, that I can cannot become like that because it's because I try not to keep that in me. But I mean, that's that is kind of why I like ha- having very blunt and transparent conversations around money, because once you have done that, like once she accepted me at that point. It, it like it didn't matter. Like, you know, she was sticking around. And so for me, back to what John was saying, like, it's, it's a real freeing thing, because at that point, I know that she has seen like the worst parts of me in bad time, but she's still there. And so, you know, I see it like it can be hard and tough in the morning, especially if, like you got hidden debts and stuff that you haven't told people about. But then once that stuff comes out, you know, it's you can always put 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 a plan together once once all the facts are on the table. Really, you know, when you deny it, you're just delaying the problem from being solved and just continuing it to be expanded. That's that's why I'm just such a big fan of transparency and just talking to someone because you just never know what guidance or insight they can have. Because y'all have even educated me just in this call. But I will say also real quick to that end, that's exactly why it's valuable to sit down with someone, whether it's like a marriage counselor or... Uh, a financial planner or like a, a finan- financial coach, somebody mm-hmm. like that knows how to ask the questions that do create that space to have that conversation. Because, you know, we, I'm a professional in this space and I may not even be the best person to sit down and talk to my wife about like whatever thing is happening in my own life as either a, a business owner or just a person with income in general even though I've got all the tools at my disposal to do it, it's that hard to remove yourself from the situation. Right. So I think if you are a person who's having trouble, like being able to introduce that conversation in a way that it'll go the way you want it to, it's helpful just to introduce somebody who's unbiased into that conversation, who knows what questions to ask to spur those deeper conversations that get at the heart and, and, you know, free you of those, uh, those limitations. Well, I only had one thing I um, wanted to add to that because I think people, I think one of the biggest things people tend to do is judge off of money um, and which makes people pretend like they have it (laughs) or they treat others, other people bad who don't have what they have. But I think a key thing to always do, whether it's money or anything else, put yourself in someone else's shoes. If that was you, how would you want somebody to treat you? So if you're going on a date and this guy doesn't seem like he has it all, he's like, you know, when can we use coupons? They'll be like, <laughs> oh no, I can't date him. He broke. But then what if, what if it's you? Would you want him to turn his nose up at you because you don't have the money right now where you might be building towards something, but the conversation never was had because you've already shut it down. And judged him. Yeah. Right. You know true. what I'm saying? What if, what if he's working with homeless people and he's poured all his money into helping homeless people, but you never got there because you are like, oh, he broke. <laughs> So even though I was that guy who used that coupon and like a, like early on date, like before we got married, my wife and really it's because of her that I'm probably much like you, Jonathan, like it's because of my wife. Like she said, I stand like, like, yo, before you know, we get get married, things gotta be a little bit better. Like you don't have to hit, you know, LeBron James status, but you got to step up a little bit, you know? And like, for me, that was a good step because 
you can become complacent or used to where you are, right? But then having someone challenge you, mm-hmm. you know, it, it then made me like trigger, like, you know what, I have to do better. And and so I, because I'm not going to speak down on bros who use coupons or sisters who use coupons, but I'm also saying that we as a people, as a relationship or as a people as, as a whole, we have to hold each, each other accountable to take whatever that next step is, take that next step, like small or large, and not just be like, it's okay to just stay there. Right. I wouldn't be married now if I wouldn't have taken a step forward, you know? Agree. Same. <laughs> She'd have been like, you can sit your broke ass over there by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What else you got, babe? I'm good, man. This was fun. This is very interesting. And I'm about, this will probably be a very popular one too. Um, Cause this touches on a lot of, this is a very sensitive subject. Yeah. It's almost as sensitive. It's probably arguably the most sensitive subject. It is. Yeah. And to Malcolm's yeah. point. I think it's more sensitive than this, the intimacy conversation. Or chores. Oh my God, here we go with this chores shit. It's the top three for divorce. <laughs> I thought you were coming for me, my bad. I was. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I need to make some more money so I can get a housekeeper. No, won't do it. <laughs> hey yeah. man, there, there's nothing wrong with that. We don't have one, but I hope to get to the point to where I could, you know? She, like, she won't let me have, she won't. Let me you know, work, work at the point. point. Your side. We're at the point where we could, but I won't let him because he doesn't appreciate his things. Like he he still has a mentality that I could just buy something else. So until he appreciates the things that he has, he will not. So I just stepped into something. I'm going to step back <laughs> and let this, you know, go hey man, Look, you good. This is a, this is a well-known, con- this is a known conversation. We, I mean, look, I've gotten better. No lie. Yes. I've done a lot better. Yes. Uh, we joke about it because we know that that's a struggle for a lot of couples too. Is yeah. Dudes don't want to do shit. Yeah. There's some women that don't want to do shit. Well, no, there's some women shit. too who don't, who, who grew up as princess and everybody did everything for them and they come into a marriage or relationship and the dude looking like, you don't know how to so do this shit. So you don't, you don't know how to wash clothes? Like, right. Here's the soap. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, but no, this was great. Um, I'm glad that it seemed like both of y'all are very blunt and I love blunt people. So it just helps cut all the the fat off and let's just get to the meat. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm, I feel like you're going to flourish with this, my brother. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do with Freeman Capital. Um, we probably gonna need to give you a call. I need to, we still need to have the original phone call. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, well, at, at any time, man, you know, for us, you know, we're super excited because we just launched at freemancapital.co, like publicly. We had a private beta before, but I mean, now folks can go, they they can sign up and, uh, you know, we're going to work out a special uh, package for anyone that comes from this podcast. We're going to give them something uh, special as well. Uh, just kind of thank you all for just having us here because for us, it's really key that we got to start with our friends, our family to help them take that next step to make themselves more wealthy and make their children and more wealthy and hopefully push back this freaking deadline of 2053 and we can keep this black wealth building out so yes well this was great man i've known calvin how long 18 years bro yeah since 2001 yeah damn. wow it's a long time yo. and this man and, definitely and was like a total side note Jonathan does not know it's the first time that he told it was his freshman year there was a girl that i wanted to holler at yo and i couldn't <laughs> Because Jonathan got to her first. For real? It didn't matter at the end of the day, but I'm just saying, man. I never I never forgave you. Why for that. did you do oh, that? God. My bad, yo. Sharing is caring. <laughs> well, it was Andy, so. Oh, damn. All the shade. Right. So uh well fellas, Malcolm, appreciate it, man. Um, yes. looking forward to, you know, what you're doing. Definitely looking maybe we can build together, you know. Um, like I said, uh we should do this together. Absolutely. Yeah. 
It takes a village. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. In yeah. all aspects of life. Shit. Sir. All right. So thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks for having us. All right. So that was a really good episode. And I really hope y'all enjoyed it. Yeah, y'all. Please reach out because, I mean, this is a big deal. You know, this is this is wealth within, you know, the community, but not just any community, the black community. And this is wealth not just for you, but for your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids. Yeah. So with that being said, we are now a part of the Freeman Capital family. And so we get to share the wealth with you guys. If you want to start or continue to get your finances in order, we have a special link for the Trench Mob. Check the show notes, the link in our bio on IG, and also we'll be adding it to the website. But they have a special offer for you guys to start building your wealth now. Yeah? That is it. (laughs) Jesus. Hey, man, my voice is a wrap. I'm trying not to speak that much. So with that being said, until next time, peace. See you tomorrow.